Cape Talk. Pippers on Twitter. You can tweet her at PJC Hudson. It is the first Thursday of the month. That doesn't just mean that there are extended trading hours for art galleries and restaurants tonight. It also means it's time to talk DIY with Angelo D'Ambrosio of IPMT Remedial Building Consultants. And we've got a second guest joining us today because Angelo wants to focus specifically on the topic of water reticulation. Firstly, it's welcome back and thank you for the dancing singing interlude before I, we came on. I hope I made your week. <laughs> you really did. Angelo, won't you introduce us to your guests please well water we know is a big issue how we handle it how we use it can we have multiple uses for it etc and it's such an important topic as well you know including the fact that for example escom people aren't getting water because of escom and power shortages and stuff like that so i thought it's such an important product that i would like to bring an expert on to discuss this and this expert known as Spider is sitting right next to me and he has years and years of experience so I think uh, we'll hand over the baton to him so Spider is uh, Spider Clark <laughs> the MD of Hallcore Water Spider it's great to have you with us welcome thank you very much thanks for having me uh, before we get stuck into any, any deep questions or listener questions for that matter just tell us a little bit about your background in water and specifically what your business does today thank you Pippa yeah. thanks guys and welcome and uh, we have a great story to tell. You know, one of the great emotive things is water. You can walk into a shopping center and the lights will be off and you might not be able to switch on the lights, etc. But you walk into the toilets and you want to use the toilet and you can't because there's no water. That brings out emotion in people. Yep. So we have a great story to tell and a great purpose. And as the introduction went, uh, it's obviously a scarce resource and they talk about all this next competitive uh, wars, etc., etc., will be around water, yep. and certainly in Cape Town we've experienced the worst of uh, drought conditions of recent times, um, and so it's a very, very critical element in all our lives that affects us on a day-to-day basis, and so that gives our business a real purpose. We we focus more on the bulk side of water treatment. We find alternative water sources for major users, shopping centers, hospitals, hotels, real estate development, commercial office parks. Um, So our business is geared into that uh, arena. you know, when we think about uh, volumes and and, uh, and scale, uh, Cape Town uses 850 million liters of water a day as Mm. the current kind of number bandied around. That is massive and huge. We've got 200 clients and we treat 20 million liters of water a day uh, across a number of different sectors. Uh, A big part of our business is supplying uh, users in rural area in South Africa with clean potable water that ordinarily they do not have. So we pipe it to within 50 meters of their property so instead of spending an hour and a half on a round trip with buckets on their heads um, it's a three and a half minute walk to a tap to get clean potable water that's one of the great success stories that we can point to yeah. uh, and that just changed people's lives it's a multiplier effect in in uh, in quality of life of people in business in social fabric and in uplifting people Mm. in circumstances where they ordinarily would not have that resource available to them. I mean, it's 
you cannot overemphasize the importance of that. Think about it. What you've just said about not having to walk a round and a half round trip. It's not only about what you can do with the water you've got access to, the hygiene that comes with it, the human dignity that comes with it. It's what you get to do with that extra hour and a half in your day that isn't spent on that thankless task um, that unlocks so many opportunities. Um, Angelo, do you want to jump in with, with any questions for Spider to get us started? You know, the, what was quite interesting was, was Spider was talking about they piping water and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, many moons ago when we had, uh, you know, when we were on day one of no water, we had one day worth of water left or, yep, you know, approaching a week. day zero. Yeah, yeah, day zero. There was all this discussion about piping water from Johannesburg and all those. Uh, and and I never really got an answer to that. So here's my question. Spider, is that possible to pipe water from Joburg to Cape Town for use? You know, I, I, I guess anything is possible, Angela. I mean, that's quite a large undertaking. And, the, you know, the reality is I think there are a number of other sources, alternative sources of water that can be utilized. Um, our business does not concentrate and we don't follow the, the technology of desalination. And that's a whole topic on itself. Okay. Um, ours is more a groundwater alternative source. So this borehole, aquifer dams rivers uh, dams obviously uh, well let me let me preface this by saying water is a national resource so uh, what is really really good is the department of water and sanitation take that really really seriously and they provide lots of good framework and parameters and licensing requirements for that management of that resource because it is such a key critical life resource. So that's a really, really good pillar. Um, Downstream from that, uh, what we're finding is it often then becomes very fragmented. And as you've seen in many instances, municipalities are struggling to uh, keep reservoirs full. They're struggling to have their sewage plants operating. They're struggling to keep the volumes of water flowing uh, to fulfill demand. So what happens then is often uses, individual users in our sphere, it's the shopping center, it's the hospital, it's the commercial real estate, uh, it's the property owner um, is looking at our, our ways of supplementing, uh, augmenting their water supply because infrastructure is struggling to keep up. Uh, it is you know, stressed. So you find that individual landowners and property owners are increasingly looking to be self-reliant, more self-reliant. The notion of sort of piping water 1,600 kilometers, um, you know, is kind of, I guess, a rather large undertaking. (laughs) Um, It's done, I guess, in countries around the world. I, I'm not. I'm not sure we we need to do that personally. Um, but maybe that's a conversation for another day with other officials. Um, uh, it was a little bit tongue in cheek, but <laughs> the, the, but I think you know you talk about alternative sources of water. So, example, malls. A lot of them have borehole water. Yeah. Okay. Spider legislation around that. How does how does that fit in in terms of uh, someone being able to pump water and do they need licenses for that, etc. So compliance is quite a complex topic, um, and I don't want to dwell uh, in, in great detail about that because I think it could be a, a rabbit hole. But 
simplistically looking at the two levels. One is at a national level, and we chatted about uh, the department, uh, DWS, looking after that as a national resource. So at that level, any, any use of water out of the ground, in other words, if you drill a borehole, you are required to get DWS approval. That depends on the volume of water that you pull out. So before anybody gets too uh, agitated, uh, as an individual residential owner, uh, there's a little formula around uh, w- the volume. But below a certain volume, you don't need a full license. You need to notify and get approval. And typically, the person who would drill your borehole for you would be able to provide that. Um, it's it's really just a, a, a notification. Um, higher up the volume scale you go, so when you get to, for example, a shopping center or a bulk user, uh, there you need what we call a water use license. And that is a lot more complicated it requires a lot more uh, technical work to be done on it with geohydrologists, sustainable yield tests, scientists, and a, and a lot of data work. Um, and that all is compiled along with various other data into an application that goes to the Department of Water and Sanitation. So bulk users need a water use license. Uh, when you start going to mega users, so for example, uh, a large mine, uh, for, you know, as, a, as an example, um, or major development, they then need, in addition to all of that, an, an EIA, so Environmental Impact Assessment. And that opens up a significant further regulatory uh, complexity and requirement. So those are the simple steps. That's at a national level. Mm. At a municipal level, the, the, the legislation is written that users are required to get permission from a municipality. Um, for a number of municipalities in South Africa, they, there isn't the process and the mechanism developed. Uh, Cape Town is the one standout of that, and perhaps for two reasons. One is because of the governance, uh, that the quality of, of governance in the city itself. Uh, but secondly, uh, more pointedly was probably the drought period, which yeah. really brought this into into sharp focus. So the, the city of Cape Town have a very, very uh, defined and uh, set out rules of uh, a license, which is called in this instance a water services intermediary license. So without getting overly complicated, that's at a local municipal level. And again, it's uh, required for someone who takes water out of the ground and uses it for human consumption. Okay. If you don't use it for human consumption, don't need it. Is that because of the quality issue? I mean, it's obviously if you're taking water out of the ground for human consumption, I would imagine there's all kinds of testing needed to make sure it's decent for human consumption. Absolutely, Papa. I think yeah. that's probably the next question that Angela had in his battery <laughs> yeah. there about, yeah. about, about compliance. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that, that is, itself is a... Is a, is a rather complicated matter and I guess the the water quality is one of the major differentiators between the conversation around solar and and alternative electricity energy sources and water and alternative supplies. One of the very very key differentiators in that conversation is the water compliance. Mm. So in our business it's governed by what is a, a South African national standard, so the SANS, and there's a South African national standard 
241, which governs the water quality for human potable water uh, consumption. And that's what we comply with. We are, just for those who might have joined us late to the conversation, talking to both our usual uh, home improvement man, Angelo D'Ambrosio, but also to a special guest, Spider Clark, who is the MD of a business called Holcore Water. They are in the business of alternative water supply, often in major industrial and commercial settings, but also, as he told us at the beginning of the segment, involved in piping water into rural areas, meaning that hundreds and thousands of people have access to good, clean, potable water who would otherwise have had to have walked hours on end to access it. It's a life-changing initiative. Uh, If you've got any questions for Spider, please get them through quite quickly on our WhatsApp line 0725671567 or you can tweet us at Cape Talk if there is something that you would like to know. Angelo, back to you. So... You know, you've seen these systems, that, and generally these systems are quite a, uh, quite an expensive uh, uh, use in terms of setting up the JoJo and the pump and the tank and, and getting all of that stuff in place. But what I would like to know, Spider, once you've set all that stuff in place, is there a way to make use of water sort of more than once? I know we have this thing, for example, in Japan they have the toilet, that, that toilet that's actually a basin on the top, you wash your hand and that water runs into the toilet, the toilet and then system, you reuse yeah. it. Is there a way that someone could make use of water, say once, uh, twice or three times? Yeah, thanks, Angela. I mean, obviously, yeah, the reuse of water is the holy grail. Um, yeah. One of the challenges, uh, and you can probably go down the scale of, um, how do we describe it? The scale of ah, dirtiness, <laughs> for what of a better I think people will get a very clear understanding of, of that. <laughs> so at the, uh, at the, call it at the top end of the scale, maybe we should go further to the bottom end of the scale, uh, is, the, is the bulk sewerage water. Um, and there, you know, pretty much only at a very, very mega use uh, infrastructure. In other words, municipal uh, and and above uh, are geared and capable of dealing with that um, sort of uh, degree of, of of contaminants in the water. That's large scale industrial yeah. stuff. L- yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, if you go further up the uh, up the the scale um, so just let's uh, visualize in your own home uh, that water reuse so uh, common examples are basins and showers uh, and that uh, we're not talking about the toilets now um, and potentially not even the sort of washing machine but that could be in the mix um, certainly there are there there is technology and there are residential home systems uh, that can be installed and operated to enable one to reuse a- and clean water. Um, one of the difficulties is obviously is it messy and potentially very stinky. So depending on the scale of which you use it and and, and literally where it is in your property and, yep. and how you access it, um, so it, beca- it can be a practical uh, option um, but for a lot of people, uh, it, it still remains um, something to kind of almost aspire to. But the reuse of water is the holy grail. Having said that, there are lots of statistics around what water we use, how much we use, what's available in the aquifer. Mm. And 
yes, when you're talking about major, major, mega users, for example, mines and even municipalities, for that example, they obviously draw significant volumes of water. But where you talk about human consumption at a at a primary level, and I, and I say primary level at a at a individual landowner level, and I'll use an example, you know, a, a shopping centre. Um, will probably only use something less you know, than 100,000 litres of water a day. Might sound a lot, but that's a, that's a lot of users going through there. So we're not talking about raping and pillaging the aquifer. It's not that scale. And, and one, of the, one of the really good things that the DWS does is insist on what we call sustainable yield tests. So you can only pull the amount of water out of the aquifer that regenerates. And there yeah. are really, really strict criteria around that. Um, but certainly reuse on cycling fats. You've got, then you've got oils and soaps, and, and they add a complexity of dirtiness to the water um, and, and what the user can deal with in their own back garden. I think a, a, a quick yeah, yeah we, a quick uh, uh, way for you to, re- to 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 think about the stink that he was talking about, yes. or to understand. You remember, if you have grey water yep. and you let it stand in the basin for like a day or two, that stinky smell. That's yeah. What I mean, I was up. just thinking the same thing because since day zero, I've got in the habit of hardly mm. ever bathing. But yeah. if I do bath, a it's a shallow bath, and b I leave the water which we then use in Full buckets for sure. flushing the loo. But by three or four days, days if you haven't used it, it, you've got to let it go because you got of the to. smell. It's so it is definitely a consideration. Um, we're out of time, just like that. I want to just leave our listeners with a reference point. You've been listening to Spider Clark of Holcor Water and if you'd like to take a look at their technology and find out more about how they um, access alternate red, uh, water sources, their website, uh, um, Spider, it's holcorewater.com, is that correct? That's it. Dot com, not dot co, dot zeta. Holcor, H-A-L-L-C-O-R-E, uh, holcorewater.com. Great to have you with us today. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Pippa. Happy water. And bon voyage to you, Angelo. Yes. Off to climb some mountains in between this segment and the next one. <laughs> I'm Travels to you. Thank you very much. <laughs> okay.